heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We're now in the heat of it. I mean, now you're seeing these primaries roll out. Call it what you want, but uh, this is an election, in my view, of the globalists versus America first. That's really what we're looking at here, in a nutshell to me. Uh, you're, you're seeing the country being swept away with policies you surely don't recognize. Uh, and so it, it's going to come back to that fight. And, and listen, this is coming from me, uh, who doesn't ever really talk about, as you know, new world orders and global resets and that sort of stuff. I, I don't subscribe to all the theories uh, that are out there, but I do recognize uh, a plan when I see one. And there is surely a plan here in America to take it into another direction. Uh, you, you have to admit that's that's factual. If, if you don't believe that's factual, then you're living under a rock or you're not watching or listening to a damn thing out there. It's that simple. I mean, there, there are things happening in our lifetimes right now that we have never seen before, period. End stop right there. And so it does come back to this bigger fight that I think is in play where they want to take the country now. And again, as always, being done right in the light of day. And a lot of people can't really believe it's happening, almost to the point that it is surreal. And they're in denial that it is happening to our beloved America. It's the best way I would say it, right? I mean, they say, ah, that's really not happening. I mean, because we, we didn't grow up this way. We don't really know what that's all about. So I want to jump into some of the primary results now with you and some interesting things now that i've got that out there and, and we'll talk a lot today about some of that big picture and others who weighed in on this globalist agenda but let's talk primary election right now and some interesting interesting developments uh with well again the maga make america great again that's going to be at the crux of some of this right here and you see the the president come out and call him extremist the most extremist terrorist group he's ever met in his existence uh, he says with maga uh, which is quite remarkable to make that sort of a statement uh, for sure um i want to start now with some of the things going on in one of the most heated heated contest in uh uh, well, the great state of Pennsylvania, which was surely central to uh, the election 2020, as you all know, that was one of the very contentious states. And it was right there in a the purple color and could have went either way. And many people think it did go the other way. But that's another story, isn't it now? Um, let me bring on now Dr. Stephanie Coxon is with me. And, uh, you know, Dr. Coxon is a mother of five. Uh, she's a medical freedom activist. Uh, she sits on a steering committee for PCIC, Informed Consent, PA.org, uh, and for right-minded women as well. And she is very politically astute right there in Pennsylvania. And Dr. Stephanie Coxon, welcome to The Voice of a Nation. It's good to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I mentioned the globalists versus America first or the MAGA, whatever. Okay. Uh, you know, my view is, and listeners know, I, I don't, I'm not an extremist on either side of this conversation. I, I believe in our nation. I, I'm a patriot, uh, certainly conservative principles, uh, but welcome all opinions to the table, to be sure. Now, 
I, I want to start first with this, uh, the interest in race in Pennsylvania with Doug Mastriano and uh, Josh uh, Shapiro, who is the state attorney general in the gubernatorial race there. Uh, P- Politico ran uh, this disclaimer. So let, let me say this first. But this election is far from a sure thing for Democrats. And the reason they said that, by the way, is because they really think that Doug is an extremist crazy man uh, because of his views on election 2020 and all of that, and that Josh Shapiro has a clean path to victory. So they say, but so the caveat they put out there, uh, you know, Stephanie is, okay, but this election is far from a sure thing. Given, here's what I, uh, it's kind of eye-opening, given soared inflation, ongoing supply chain issues, painful high gas prices and a spike in violent crime, uh, the general environment is still rich for the GOP. Throwing Biden's poor poll numbers and anything can happen. So I just think that's a very fascinating caveat from Politico. And quite frankly, that list of painful things is probably, uh, 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 you know, 10 times the number they put there. That's just a few at the tip top of their thought process there. So what do you think about the Mastriano victory and the Shapiro on the gubernatorial race in uh, Pennsylvania first? Well, you know, the, the leadership, the GOP leadership has from the outset said that Mastriano cannot win if he's elected governor. And so they were just kind of beating this into the head of Pennsylvanians. But yet, you know, kind of like when you're watching the Trump campaign and everyone's showing up and everyone's showing up and the other people aren't able to get those same numbers. You just saw something that we really haven't seen here in Pennsylvania in a long time, an excitement behind a candidate who's truly over the last two years proven himself to all Pennsylvanians that he is there for us. And so, you know, two years ago, the shutdown happens and this particular candidate um, within, I, I want to say like 10 days, start saying, okay, what are these numbers? And trying to strategize to find out what are the COVID numbers? Is this serious? Do we actually have a pandemic on our hands? And it was very shortly after that, that he began to introduce um, legislation, having freedom rallies, trying to educate people on their constitutional rights and say, look, walk as free people. And because he was there every day showing that Wolf is miss- Governor Wolf is missing and um, that we have rights. He was showing up, people showing up at people's businesses, right. trying to reopen them, um, just doing everything that he could for the people. And they recognized it. And they, in turn, rewarded him with this mm. huge win mm. that the GOP is probably just coward, cowards in the corner right now, probably crying because literally they did everything to prevent it. And so yeah. when I... I showed up at the Good. polls yesterday okay. and they had no signage for him. They had no brochures wow. for him. Wow. They were not supposed to endorse him. But yet um, the chairman of the York GOP um, state committee went ahead and put McSwain down as his endorsement. And that did not happen. There was no endorsements. There was no vote for it. So literally the establishment was going as hard as they could after him, but the people spoke and the people won. Stephanie, how do, how do they, how do they walk that back now? Or do they walk it back or do they just throw this race to the wind? You know, that's a great question. I'm really interested to see, um, you know, what chatter is kind of happening behind the scenes these next couple of days, because I think you're going to have a lot of people saying, what do we do now? because you had this junior senator, he was brand new to the Senate, all of a sudden within these last two years has been able to rise to to run in our general election as governor. And when does this happen? 
you know, I think they are greatly confused. I personally think there's a lot of jealousy involved because he was able to get the attention of the people and, and, and most politicians don't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was a voice at a time when Pennsylvanians were looking for a voice or saying, Stephanie, that's really what it Absolutely. is. And, and let's remind people that when we talk about uh, Doug Mastrano, he, he was a state senator. Uh, so that's what you're speaking of. I mean, he was right yeah. on the front lines here. Uh, yeah. And now, of course, the and, you know, it's perfect. Just think, everybody, how we just set this up. I mean, this is a perfect race. Stephanie, that showcases a lot of the challenges coming into this midterm election because, you know, Mastrano was very vocal about the stop the steal. He was very vocal about the COVID stuff. He was very vocal uh, in, in questioning things that I, I guess best way to say, Stephanie, is that uh, many of the establishment players did not want questioned. Uh, they, yeah. did, they didn't want you to stand in line and follow along. They didn't want that question because you they labeled you an extremist as soon as you did that. I mean, we've seen that across the board here. So Trump gets behind Mastriano. He really throws his mind and Mastriano wins really well. Uh, that's a sign that that's interesting. Is Let me ask you this here because you you live and breathe there and you you understand the people on the ground there. It's in this whole fight with, well, okay, so red, blue, purple, Pennsylvania is, and it's interesting because it was, we, the state was trending another way just a few years back here. Is, is this a wake up call for, for Pennsylvanians? Are, are they becoming, and I'm just wondering, are they becoming of age where they're really now starting to see what's really going on when you talk about establishment players and really where people are and their quality of their lives? Is this, is this a moment for the state? Absolutely. We have seen more grassroots um, organizations pop up within the last two years. And not only are they popping up, they are coming together like never seen before. It has truly been what I would consider miraculous. So you have organizations like mine, PCIC, that has um, been there since 2015. But most of the organizations have literally come on board within the last two years. And then within the last six months, there has been a push to unite these groups and say, okay, let's get this messaging out. And that messaging reaches 50,000 people at this point within the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. All right. So there's some telltale signs here. Now, the New York Times says this. They say Doug Mastriano, a far right state senator endorsed by Trump, won the Republican nomination, while Josh Shapiro, the state attorney general, won the Democratic race. Mastriano's victory caused the Cook political report to say that the general election was no longer a toss up and Shapiro was favored to win. So it which speaks to the point you just made that they've now thrown the support behind this. But here's what even interesting. And I want to get your thoughts on whether you agree with this or not. The political came out and said Democrats helped engineer Mastriano's win. Uh, while Mastriano spent less than 370000 which is nothing on TV ads, the Shapiro campaign pumped more than, uh, well, almost a million dollars, actually, to air a spot that attacked Mastriano as too conservative for voters, and that which actually boosted him on the right. Uh, and the ad called him one of Donald Trump's strongest supporters, which to many GOP primary voters is a feature, not a bug. That that cuts right to the chase of this fight, doesn't it? It does. But, you know, here's the thing. So when I was at the polls yesterday, I love to ask people a lot of questions. I literally try to talk to every person walking up to the polls. Cool. And hands down, I mean, the people say I used to be a Democrat. I can't anymore. 
And there's certainly numbers that are going both ways, but there is a clear concern for what is happening in our country. Mm. I mean, let's, let's face wow. it, Roe versus Wade, right? So prior to this um, supposed leak of Roe versus Wade um, coming down the Supreme Court, you know, you did, there, there was no biological difference. You could choose whether you wanted to be a man or a woman. But all of a sudden now the Democrats are saying, oh, it's, you know, women's choice, women's rights are being taken away and everything else. So all of a sudden we're recognizing a biological difference. So it's really <laughs> interesting what's happening. And I don't know that the majority of Democrats are OK with that. And they recognize the issue. But I think the bigger thing that we're going to see that the Democrats are probably underestimating, you have Shapiro. And I'm going to throw out um, another gubernatorial candidate's name, McSwain, who is also yeah. really being pushed heavily. He's an eight. Um, you know, you have uh, Shapiro as the AG, and then you have um, McSwain, who is also an attorney general, both in areas where there was the highest amount of fraud across the state. And so you have this movie that is just trending, 2000 Mules, where it points out that there were 1,100 mules in Philadelphia alone wow. and had either one of those two people done anything, Trump would have taken our state. So how are they going to account for people who, who ignored what happened? And even more interesting, the guy pushing McSwain, you know, was not concerned at all with election fraud. I actually stood up. I was um, at a, what you would call a committee meeting. I stood up and I said, hey, we have a lot of constituents that are saying, I'm really concerned about election fraud. And across the board, you said, we just need to move on. Mm -hmm. or that didn't really happen. There's always a little bit of fraud. But, you know, this unequivocal evidence that has been brought out by this particular team of researchers that were featured in 2000 Mule says a completely different story. And the more that catches on, I think the harder it is for Shapiro to be able to, to maintain his, his, uh, his mm -hmm. status in terms of how people view him. And then on the other hand, what it is turning out is that Mastriano is correct. It turns out that he was correct on the election fraud, and he was one of the few people who tried to take action and try to do something about it, mm. even with his and his own party was saying, no, don't do this. You know, he was the guy who called out, you know, the what I'm going to call the pandemic. Right. Mm. So he was one of the leads for that one as well. And we have some other really good legislators, but, you know, I don't want to discount what other legislators have done. But Mastriano has literally been the most visible voice, most visible face for these things. Mm. And he has been right. Every single time. Wow. Wow. Uh, do you, in your heart of hearts, believe that uh, that Pennsylvania was and I, I'm not trying to go down that road, but was it in your view really won? Was it a victory for uh, Trump in 2020? One hundred and ten percent. Wow. You could not. It was nearly impossible to find Biden supporters. I mean, it was it was truly remarkable. Mm. And I travel the state quite a bit. I mm. have done um, freedom wow. rallies in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I got my son lives in Pittsburgh. So I'm always going out to Pittsburgh um, and, and different events. And it, you were hard pressed to find a, a Biden sign, even in those heavily democratic, uh, you know, areas. Right. Um, and so from the get go, I said, okay, something's not right because mm. Biden shows up, you might get eight people and you get a, more people saying, go home. Trump shows up and you have crowds that you cannot get into. So it just doesn't match the rhetoric. And I, I recall I was actually in England during Hillary Clinton and the Trump um, kind of standoff there. And I, it was interesting because in England, I was watching the DNC and watching Hillary Clinton. And you could see that the, the room was fairly empty. But when I came back and watched it in the U.S., they made it look like it was full. 
And I was like, hmm, something is off here. Mm. And that's exactly what they're wow. pulling off. The media is just all, all in on this, right? I mean, even Hannity should be ashamed of himself at this point for what he has played. And I can tell you there's a lot of Fox News um, people who are now like, they just woke up because of what Hannity's role in this election is. Elaborate on that just a bit. Forgive me, but uh, because you and I were talking about this for the first time here, explain Hannity's role. Would you summary, please? Tell me what. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a number of very good senatorial candidates, and the the news was really focused on McCormick and um, Dr. Oz and Barnett. And what was interesting um, about it is no one recognized how quickly Barnett was coming up. Um, she was killing everyone of the debates, phenomenal debater. Uh, she was, she is a conservative as, you know, as every conservative dreams of, right? She just checks, check marks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of sneaking up there. No one's paying attention. Mm-hmm. She's been on Fox News. She's been on Newsmax. She's been on all of these shows. You've seen her at Trump rallies. And in the last hours, you know, when they realize a week before the election, wait a second, she's heavy competition. All of a sudden, Hannity is having interviews with Dr. Oz making claims that are complete lies. I mean, they did not go after things she actually did. They literally had to edit and put things back together mm. in order to make it look like she was someone completely different. And Hannity, knowing that she's been on Fox News, knowing that she's been at the Trump rallies, completely did the spin, like just like the liberal media, like CNN. I mean, it was like watching CNN, just completely lying. So to there's no truth you're saying anywhere. And you're saying now, did Hannity do that, in your opinion, because of his relationship with Trump, because Trump endorsed Oz and he just felt he had to be the victor? Well, you know, I, I can't speak for that. But what I can say is do not bear false witness. Right. I mean, that's right. where we're at. I don't care who you're friends with. Right. You know, go after people on on real issues. Don't right. go after them by creating lies. Right, right. No, I hear you. I hear you. And uh, Barnett's been on our network here. I mean, she is a very well-spoken person. You're exactly right. Uh, she's been all over the news media and very well-spoken. And as you say, in the media and at the debates, all of that, very, very solid. Um, so let's talk about that center race now. Uh, 98% of the expected vote in, about just about the tip top now. And we're now Oz is going just a bit ahead uh, here at this point. Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, now uh, John uh, Fetterman, Lieutenant Governor, uh, he cruised to victory. He had the stroke now, right? He had the stroke, yep. right? right? Yeah, and now he, he just, just had a stroke. Yeah, which so is remarkable. With, yeah, and he just came in with 60% of his votes. Yeah. Do you think that I don't know the answer to this. I'm just asking, do you think that stroke in the polls helped him or hurt him? Um, you know, so I'm going to say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to say that liberals really like that victim mindset. So they yeah, they love yeah. to vote for that, um, that emotional side. Yeah. So I would say absolutely. If you're a liberal, oh, poor Fetterman, let's go ahead and vote for him. Not that I don't wish him well. I mean, I obviously want exactly. him to, you know, come exactly. out of it and everything, yeah. Yeah. but they are very emotional voters. Well, that's what I suspected. That's why I asked you the question. I, I'm not really sure, but you just answered it uh, pretty well. So what now with this, uh, this uh, election here, it's, it's, you know, every one of them, first of all, all, all of the candidates uh, were all uh, McCormick, uh, Oz and Barnett were all supportive. They were all America first, really. I mean, here's what gets me. They were all supporting. I mean, we're, I, as far as I know, they were all supporting more or less a Trump agenda. In fact, they all wanted his endorsement and traveled to get it and asked Trump personally for his endorsement. Uh, Oz happened to get it. 
but yet the media, again, back to your point, Stephanie, they do a lot of trickery and now they run all kinds of headlines. Well, that if anybody wins other than Oz, and that's a, somehow repudiates against Trump uh, about the MAGA uh, movement or America first. But that's a total lie. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I don't know that, you know, Trump isn't up here seeing what the American people are trying to do. He just interfered with the PA election, in my opinion. I'm not confident that there wasn't some sort of fraud. I mean, again, if I go back and I look across the state, driving across the state, I saw no, no Oz signs. When I was at the polls yesterday, I called a couple other people who are working the polls. No one had Oz people there. No one had Oz hmm. brochures there. No one had Oz wow. signs there. Where is this coming from? Who is it that's voting for him? When I look at my personal poll, you know, Kathy Barnett had well over 100 more votes than Oz did. McCormick was really her closest, her closest uh, opponent. And when mm. I was checking the individual polls, that seemed to be the seemed to be the case. And now we have reports coming in that Westmoreland County, Green Tree, Robinson, Allegheny counties, they were running out of ballots. Mm -hmm. um, the provisionals had to be utilized, just like they saw in the California governor recall election. The polling locations had cameras being covered by bags. Um, there were no election judges present. I mean, it, it's very interesting. This is happening in broad daylight. People are more aware, but what is this? Because again, you know, a lot of people saying, well, it's right name recognition. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. but how do, we how do we vote in someone who's super conservative like Mastriano, but yet we vote in the guy who literally is not conservative at all. He may be saying he has a MAGA agenda, mm -hmm. but let's face it, we've been watching Oz for years and he is completely liberal. There's not an ounce of conservatism in him. Mm. And, and he's a nice guy, don't get me wrong. It, when, when Kathy won a GOP um, poll from like the GOP leadership, so she won two to right. one when you got the serious voters involved. All right. And he came up and he was very cordial. He was the only candidate to come up and say, wow, really good job and shake her hand. And, you know, I mean, nice guy, but not a conservative. So well, how he pulled this off, I don't know. Well, it, it, it's a good question, but you, you point out several things there. Uh, his fame, you know, you remember name recognition is a big deal in any of these uh, programs, whether, whether it's good or bad. I mean, people, when they recognize your name, they will people that go in and they'll vote just on the fact they recognize the name. Remember, Stephanie, they don't even know what the policies are. You know what I mean? Uh, well, but they, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They recognize the name. And Oz has been, Dr. Oz has been on TV for a lot of years. He is well, well known. So that's part of the answer right there. You have that sort of, uh, uh, you know, metrics coming in already that are going to help fuel this thing. And then with Trump, that little bit more that he gave. Let me ask you this here. When you talk about views and versus conservative, you point out with Oz what a lot of people would suspect his views and very much to the left sort of thing. You know, don't we sort of change in life, though? Let me just ask you this. I'm just asking you, because I, you know, don't we sort of change? Because you could have said the same thing you just said about Donald Trump a few years back. Same darn thing would have been said prior to him running. He became one of the most conservative voices in our lifetime now. He's even more conservative agenda, many people would argue, than Ronald Reagan ever was, or many others in the party. Uh, and yet he was liberal and Democrat there. Don't people change, in fact? Or do you see that not part of this? I'm wondering. Well, you know, Trump didn't move into his parents' basement in order to get a residence in a state that he doesn't really belong in. You know, if he were truly mm, um, okay. running for okay. what he believes and everything else, why is he not in his own state fighting for this? Run, in, you know, run in a different election that you actually belong in. 
All right. So All right. I, I'm really, it's really okay. hard pressed for me to right. say this is out of the goodness of his heart. All right. All right. Fair enough. I, I'll, I didn't, uh, thank you for saying that. I didn't know, but I appreciate your honesty. And so when you look at this race then, you, so based on what you just said, you really felt and you, you thought Barnett would take it. You know, I thought it would really come between Barnett and McCormick. I knew mm. a ton of people who voted for wow. McCormick. I knew a ton of people who are voting for Barnett. Yeah. Um, we even had other good candidates. Carla Sand was a solid medical freedom person. She had a lot of, um, you know, global experience handling energy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I almost everyone was a better candidate than Oz. And yet yeah. from the beginning, we were told Oz is going to be the person. Oz is going to be the person. Right. Just like they did with Biden. So there's right. just so many similarities that it makes me really question. All right. So let me ask you this now, at this point with the race being what it is, it looks like, uh, and I, you tell me, you probably know a little more than I do, but my guess is right now, looking at these real numbers and the fact there's what a 5% uh, they're going to have to re-audit the state now because it's a uh, 5% yep. and that's a, that's a state law. So <clears throat> that's not a disputable point. The, the race is definitely going to be within that 5%. So we're not going to know the real winner for some time, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So it really, because there's no way someone's going to find enough votes to put them over that 5% uh, ratio. So right now that's what we're dealing with is, is that sort of a thing. So based on right now, it looks like it, it, from what I see, unless they find votes or, and it could happen, it could happen. But right now it looks like Oz will, he's ahead. And uh, it looks like he, unless they find again, a lot of these votes, when they do it, he potentially could be that winner and the, the, the candidate for Senate. Would you support us at that point versus, uh, you know, um, a, a Fetterman or what? Um, I would be writing in Jesus. I, I'm kind of done. <laughs> like, really? I, am, okay. I, I will not hold my nose and vote for anyone anymore. I was done with that with Mitt Romney and it's just not going to happen. Mm. So, you wow. know, I don't see wow. any difference between yeah. um, between Oz and yeah. uh, Shapiro and so it's not worth my vote. So I will be doing a write-in for that. And it is what it is. And I think there are a lot of people who feel the, the mm-hmm. same way. You have people who are awake. They're tired of holding their nose and just taking the Republican candidates as they come. Yeah, yeah. And right now, to your point, to, to, to be a smart guy here a moment, uh, Stephanie, that, uh, uh, you know, enough people write in Jesus based on the current policies and what's happening in the world right now. Uh, Jesus may actually win. That's right. And maybe he'll come back at that point. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. Uh, and uh, it, it could happen. But uh, uh, great, great assessment and analysis here. Uh, Dr. Stephanie Coxon, uh, thank you for joining us here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And that is Dr. Stephanie Coxon, and uh, great to get her views. And by the way, you can read her articles. Uh, she is featured now on America Out Loud. Uh, and if you go onto our team and just look up Dr. Stephanie Coxon in the menu, you'll see her write-ins and many of her uh, appearances here. And, and uh, she's new to the platform here at America Out Loud, so give her a good welcome and go look at that, please. And entirely well-spoken and informed, as you can see, with the, uh, with the elections here on primary night. Um, fascinating conversation. And I love her point of reference about Jesus on the ballot, actually, because, uh, hey, you really don't know at this point. Things are so, uh, uh, you know, strange at the moment. We, we we don't really know what's going on in the world anymore, do we now? So uh, listen, as we move forward, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Elon Musk is uh, weighs in on uh, elections. I want to talk about him just a minute. You see the election fall off from Madison Cawthorn. Uh, it's another big race that, uh, you know, had telltale signs on it that what could happen here. Uh, so a lot more voice of a nation just ahead here. 
And um, let me talk to you about a free ebook uh, right next here and uh, the power of HOCL. Uh, so the free ebook, if you go to americaoutloud.com, you'll see a little banner ad there for the Genesis Fogger. And it is indeed a free ebook. It's very, very highly informative. I suggest you get this because there's a lot of information in the ebook, and I'm looking at it right now, that you'll be able to use yourself. Um, the Genesis Fogger is a very unique piece of equipment because you put the HOCL in the fogger and it allows you to clean the air and get rid of any pathogens. And this is remarkable technology. It's, it's new. This is something new. That's going to be a household name for sure. Let me just tell you right up front, this power of the Genesis Fogger, our listeners only get 15% off the fogger. So just make note of that, please. And when you're ready to get this equipment, I highly recommend you do uh, click the banner ad or go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. Uh, and you can get it right there. So back to the ebook, the free ebook. So when you, you go to the site, you'll get this book there. Um, the, the history of HOCL. It has all the features of the perfect disinfectant. It's easy to use, inexpensive, safe, effective, and fast. Why haven't we been using it before now? Now, that is a question I asked early on when I came, uh, became aware of this, this, first of all, this product, which I didn't really know anything about, the HOCL, and more so when I became aware of the fogger and what its means were to do. I said, well, why haven't we been using this before now when it does what it does? Uh, and that's, it's a head scratcher, really, be truthful with you here. On the next page of the ebook, it says how HOCL works. And, and listen to this now, okay? Because HOCL has a neutral charge, it doesn't repel pathogens. Instead, the negative charged germs are attracted to it and they drop their defenses. This allows HOCL to easily penetrate the cell walls of viruses, bacteria, and other pathogens and to kill uh, inactivate them, in other words, from the inside. So there's a lot of information in here that is quite eye-opening, actually, in comparison of H HOCL to other cleaners and what it does, uh, you know, the effectiveness of HOCL in our homes and other things that bring value to us. So the ebook is is a definite, uh, and you go get the ebook. It's, I mean, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And good health begins with clean air. Uh, that's the message here with this. So check out the Genesis Fogger, but you know, check out the HOCL as well. You'll find multiple applications in that in your home, uh, to be sure. We'll take a quick pause, my fellow Americans and my friends around the globe as well here for listening in uh, to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time 
with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and thank you, my fellow Americans and to my friends around the globe, uh, for being on the mission here. It is indeed a mission of liberty and justice for all. It's all back at americaoutloud.com where you can share and be part of the out loud truth and help us get the message out there. Listen, uh, we, we want the best for everybody, but but we want an America first agenda as well. You know, let me say this, it comes back as we look at these elections and primary results today. Think of it this way, think of it this way. You know, this whole argument we're having of uh, globalist and versus America first, it's like it's like you remember the the uh, ads and the announcements or even the real life experiences you had when you were on the plane and they go through the exercise of the mask dropping. You know what I'm speaking of, right? The mask drops. And they tell you to put the mask on yourself first before you tend to the children or tend to elderly or tend to anyone else around you or help anyone else. Now, some people would say, well, there are people actually who would look at what I just said to you and they would say, well, what are you talking about? That's stupid. Why wouldn't you help other people first? That's what a lot of those bleeding hearts would say. But you see, the whole crux of this thing that people are missing in the argument is if you don't take care of yourself first, if you're not able to function at a high level first, how are you going to be able to help anybody else? How? How? It's not possible. I mean, if you're passed out on the floor, you're surely going to be of any help to anybody. It's the same thing with America first. If we don't take care of the things that are important to us here, my fellow Americans, how are we going to help anybody? How are we going to be able to participate in any activity around the globe? Really? Isn't that what we should be looking at here? I mean, right now, we are neglecting our own people. I mean, you look at crime, you look at hunger, you look at prices and uh, the economical demise of what's happening in our nation. I mean, we've got a lot of problems here. They're multiplied right now to the extreme because of the policies that are being put forth from the dysfunctionality of Washington, D.C. And what's happened. And, you know, right now they've got the past to do whatever they want to do. They're in power and they're taking advantage of that power. And right now you see where they're going to not to go down that road. But when they let Title 42 expire here in the days ahead, you, your border is going to multiply. 
then I mean, I'm telling they're all waiting for all the coyotes and all the cartels and all the crime. And they're they're all waiting for it. You think you've got problems right now with drugs and opioids and everything else running around the nation? I got news for you. I've got news for you. It's going to be multiplied tenfold, a hundredfold. I don't know, but it's insane. And so the policies are not impacting America. You know, we're giving away truckloads of money to other countries to fight their wars and do their battles and what have you. And I I have no qualms about, I, listen, I, I don't have some extreme libertarian viewpoint. I'm, I'm not suggesting that to you. I don't believe we need to lock our borders and all just stay inside here and not pay attention to the world. That's not at all my theory. Not at all. America shines and America is exceptional when we are in tune to the world and we know what's going on. But more so, we, we shine and we are exceptional when we take care of our own house, which first and foremost, right now, we're on the plane as Americans. We're all on that plane together. And the pilot has already announced we're in trouble. The policies are failing. The country, the markets, everything is declining. You're seeing it fast. It's happening in real time right now, right? So right now, look at it this way. Right now, the oxygen tanks, those little oxygen masks have dropped from the ceiling. You, you get the picture now of the visual? And we're all sitting there and we now see the mask. What do we do? Do we put the mask on and save our nation? Or do we what? Just continue to do the reckless policies that we're doing, ignore the mask and help everybody else. And I'm not trying to pick fights and pick sides with whoever, whatever. You know, but what do we do? Do we just, you know, help all the illegal migrants off, help all the people that are breaking the laws, help the cartels and the drug offenders and the coyotes down there? Do we help Ukraine? And do we, you know, deal with the whole Russia thing? And what do we do with Taiwan? And yeah, all of these problems. And then the Middle East and sure, and things are going everywhere. Everybody wants a piece of what we're doing here with American might. In the meantime, we're stretched thin. So for us to be an effective superpower and a world leader, We've got to take care of our own house. That's my message, real simple. Now, we can do other things, people. We can, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, I assure you. And I'm confident of the American people that we can pull all of that off. We've done it for 246 plus years, and we'll be graduating to a 250-year mark if we play our cards right. And if not, we'll be the, go to the, you know, uh, the uh, ashtray of history. That's where we'll end up in people. And, and, and sadly, that's what I'm afraid of is, uh, is, is at the doorstep right now. So, so look at it this way. We're in the primaries. We're not going to fix this with one election, by the way. Anybody who thinks the midterm is, is, the, is the Holy Grail and that's going to be it, that's not what this is. We're not going to fix it with one election. We're going to fix it with a mindset. We've got to get a new mindset here uh, and we've got to get the out loud truth out there so people understand. So you've got to look at our country right now as a mask has, has now dropped. And we have the decision to make as, the, as, as all Americans, there are 330 some odd million of us on the plane. It's a big plane. And as we fly through this whole world event that we're dealing with right now, what's the choice we make? Do we put the mask on and save ourselves? And then we can go ahead and look at all these other things, absolutely. 
but let's take care of our, let's secure, let's get economic successes here at home. Let's deal with our own supply chain issues. Let's secure our borders. Let's spend money on our people. Let's deal with our own hunger and our own economic problems. Let's become energy uh, independent again. Let's do all of these things that matter to America, to Americans. Let's put our mask on first, I'm, I'm asking you. And at that point, we can then have conversations about who we want to support and what's happening. Does that make sense? It surely does to me. And I hope it does to you as well. That's the battle we have in front of us right now. And this is the attitude we have to bring forward now. Beyond the midterm elections in 2022, we have to bring it to the general in 2024 and again in 2026 to those midterms and 2028 to that general. Do you get my picture here? There's a lot of damage that's been done in our nation. And we're hurting. We're bleeding on all sides. Make no mistake about it. And we're, we're at a very crucial point for our republic. Our constitutional republic is in grave danger right now. It's not going to be fixed with one election. I assure you of that. But it is, it is a way and uh, a, a start and a path to uh, uh, a future, to, to progress, to something that's ahead down the road. You can see it. I mean, is it a future now that we can see with, with, a, with a sunrise, that China City on a hill that Reagan so aptly put out there that we all just ate up for breakfast? We loved it. We loved it. We love America. We love our freedom. We love our liberty. We love our justice. We love our nation. We love we the people. We love it. So we see that shine of state on the hill with the sunrise coming. Absolutely. That's American exceptionalism. That's a visual right there. Hold that. Just take a picture of that. Snapshot right there. Put your mask on now. Vote accordingly. Save the republic. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. And that's what needs to happen for the next many elections. And then let's wake up 10 years from now and see what we did. That's my message today, my fellow Americans. That's it right there. And then let's look ahead 10 years ago and see that we accomplished what we talked about today. That's, there's no bigger message to our nation than what I deliver to you right now. Now, primary 2022 is already uh, interesting. There are a lot of attacks coming against President Donald Trump, to be sure, and with whoever he supports. And the thing is, you know, it's interesting because he's weathering the storms very well. And he also is being very careful with his words and what he chooses and where he says and how he says it. And I, for one, find that remarkable and solid and, and good. Now, what is attractive about any Trump agenda for people is America first. There is no doubt he put America first. That was the deal. You know, as we just talked about with Dr. Stephanie Coxon up front top of the program there, you know, he that's what he did that was refreshing to Americans is he did something unique where he he put the MAGA agenda, make America great again, in front of the globalist uh, movement and agenda out there. That was refreshing for everything that took place here. So I think now we've got to make some bold decisions in our country, for sure. And start with this primary as we just went through all the Pennsylvania things. And now you take a look and, you know, when people... When, you know, the, the media headlines you're looking at are all going to be true because they're all out 
for whatever Donald Trump does to fail him. That's what's happening here. Does if Donald Trump says the sky is blue, they're all going to say, no, it is not blue. It, it actually is, is green. And we're all just looking through a phony lens somehow. They're going to rebuke everything that Trump does and says. That's just the way it is. He is a threat to the system. He's a threat to the establishment. Uh, that's it. Whether you like it or not, or like his policies, we everybody, about all Americans, loved his policies. Some didn't like his attitude from time to time. What lessons he's learned or not, I don't know. But let me be clear with you. This is not about Donald Trump. It's about MAGA. It's about make America great again. The movement is far greater than one person. That is the message I have for you today. It is far greater than one person. It plays back to where I opened up this conversation today. There's a movement to take this nation to a, a, a globalist movement, to an America first agenda. It's back to the mass dropping in the airplane. That's where we're at right now. And Americans are now seeing uh, the, the pain and that's being inflicted on the nation and on families uh, for this move to a globalist union a uh, fossil-free environment of uh, going back to the Stone Age, basically. Now, that's what's happening here as your rights and your freedoms are being, uh, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're removing your, your liberties every day you wake up and you read the headlines. So when you look at these primary elections, it's really the vote for, in uh, America agenda, America first. It's not a selfish thing. No different than being on the plane and putting your, it's not selfish. You can't help anybody out if you're passed out on the floor. And if our, if our nation dies, we're going to be no help to anybody, friends. There's no war we're going to be able to win. There's nothing we'll be able to do. Please understand what I'm saying. We must put our mask on at this time. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, the fall of Madison Cawthorn is another very fascinating story. Um, you know, what's happened there uh, coming out of uh, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, uh, well, let me just read you here what uh, Politico says here. Uh, that, well, they say this was a major win for Tom Tillis because, as you know, uh, the senator uh, came out hard against Carthorn. Uh, they created a, a pack of political action committee, tried to, uh, they tied him to uh, even uh, spent heavily to, out, uh, to, to get him out of office, basically. But they tied him and made him an embarrassment, basically, to all these scandals that had come up. Now, Carthorn played a lot of it wrong. Trump said, give him a second chance which is unusual for Trump because you, know, you remember back to the apprentice days, Trump didn't give anybody a second chance. When you stepped on a, a pile of doo-doo, he called you out. So that was a surprise. He did that with Madison Court. Now, Madison has done a lot of crazy things here. And like or leave it, I'm not trying to press a, you know fault on it, but I mean, that plays into the media and that plays into a storyline that has been built where he became a liability, a casualty. And the problem is the establishment right away uh, put a nail in him. Now, would I have voted, if I was in North Carolina, would I have voted again a second chance? I, I would have, yeah, to be sure with you. Uh, but uh, 
for various reasons. But uh, one, I'm again, I'm America first agenda. And uh, and I also look very closely at who Trump is supporting. I I still believe in Trump's policies and 1000 percent always. And, and I still believe Trump has. Uh, and, and let me also say to you, I mean, beyond, if you like this or not, to, I, I would absolutely vote for Donald Trump again. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I will put that out there right now. Uh, again, I don't eat the Trump cornflakes in the morning, to be sure for you. I think for myself. And uh, so I don't, I'm not caught up into all of that. But uh, I like what he did for our nation. And I do believe he was a man for the times and went against this globalist movement. And anytime you stand in the face of that kind of a movement, you're going to you're going to take a beating. And he became the enemy and the face of that beating that the globalists use no matter what. Now, Trump sometimes created his own you know, problems and played to that, which is one of the things I've talked to you about over the years. It was a struggle from time to time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he needed a good, I've said often, he needed a good PR firm and he needed to listen to people. I wish I could have coached him a little bit. Uh, being a PR guy myself, I could have told him what some of the things to stay away from. Some of these things, you, it's just not worth you weighing in on. Whether you have a Twitter account or a uh, Truth Social account or whatever account, Facebook account, uh, sometimes it's best to keep out of it, out of the fray and be focused on the big things. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I mean? You can't have your hand in everything and nor should you try. But a lot of that became very entertaining. The problem is a lot of that became a lot of fodder uh, for the left and the, more so the establishment. And the establishment came after him full throttle. Now, let me bring in, turn your attention. I do not want to miss this opportunity to talk to you about Elon Musk. This is fascinating, but it plays to my big agenda here about the globalists. Now, listen, Elon Musk is not too much different than actually a Trump in Trump's earlier days. Trump voted Democrat for many years, very liberal thinking of throughout many of his years in business. He played the system smart, brilliantly, when you know how to play Democrats and Republicans. When you're a businessman, you don't really care about the political aspects of some of these people. You play it for victory. And that's where I think a lot of people have gotten into trouble because the country has taken on uh, some problems because people are not paying attention. But to be fair, uh, business is about shareholder value uh, and it's, it's about building wealth is what it is. Um, that's part of the problem here we're dealing with where we don't seem to know how to separate those two. Well, Musk comes out and he had social media going wacky here over the last day or so, uh, going crazy here because he's, he made a statement he'll be voting for Republicans in the upcoming midterm elections. And you could hear the sound uh, coming from California, from sea to shining sea, all the way over to the uh, east coast of New York. Uh, you could hear the sounds, the gasp, like, wow, you know, people were just like, you know. So he says, and I quote Musk now says, I have voted overwhelmingly for Democrats, historically, overwhelmingly, like, uh, I'm not sure I might never have voted for a Republican, just to be clear. Now this election, I will. That is quite a statement to put out there, my friends. He goes on to say, the issue here is that the Democrat Party is overly controlled by the unions and by the trial lawyers, particularly the class action lawyers, he explains. And generally, if you see something that is not in the interest of the people on the Democrat side, it's going to come because of unions, which is just another form of monopoly and the trial lawyers. So this was met with a lot of con 
uh, comments and a lot of feedback, obviously, when a guy like Musk speaks out like this, who's always referenced as the richest man of the world. You know, you wonder, I wonder sometimes when, when he'll lose that title because nobody stays, uh, you know, full lock and barrel always as the richest man of the world. It, usually they change places. Uh, what, you know, right now, that's what everybody references him, the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, but he won't always have that title, uh, specifically, you know. Uh, I don't know how he feels about that. So how does one feel when you wake up? Think about that. If you woke up and you had all that money, I mean, okay, if it mattered, and you said, you know, you were the richest man, and people calling, well, there's the richest man in the world, that would give you quite a complex, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? You know, how would you, how would you deal with that? You know, that's the richest man or the richest woman in the world. Like, I don't know. It's, it's different. I mean, it comes with a lot of responsibility, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of um, power to your comments that you put out on the media. Uh, surely it does. And someone like Elon Musk, but here's the thing. Let, let me read you a couple of these quick comments that people came back on the left side uh, and, and, and the right as well. So one said, bingo at Elon Musk. You don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. And for now, you have to vote for a Republican to save America. And we can hash out the rest of the stuff afterwards. Uh, that was the Rubin report. Now, that's interesting comment from the Rubin, from, from David Rubin, because that's part was my message up front there. We can hash out all the other stuff after we put our mask on, but we got to put our mask on, the oxygen mask, I'm, I'm speaking of that drop from the plane, because we're now in danger of crashing the country. That's what's going to happen. And that's what Ruben is really saying. I say it probably a little more eloquently than he does, but, <laughs> but he surely covered it there. And then the conservative comedian duo there, the Hodge twins, always interesting fellows there. They tweet this, and I quote, Elon Musk just announces he's voting Republican. Well, what would you expect from a genius? <laughs> they always have a witty way to say things. I love it when you see those guys. Well, he is a smart guy. Uh, to be sure. And it, many people would call him a genius. Now, the left is not speaking that way right now. They, they're not happy with Musk for a lot of reasons, including this potential purchase, which is on hold with Twitter and all of that, because of the now we're seeing the spam and the bots and that whole thing. There's actually talk I seen yesterday uh, that, oh, that's what it was. Uh, Biden, listen to this. Half of his followers could be bots or they think are bots that that they don't exist they're phony accounts in other words they think about that so now the speculation is high that this thing is way of a value because it's all bot driven and if you think about it another point of reference to you if everybody that's following biden if half of them are you know bots uh, whatever and they, they don't exist they're phony accounts you could all, almost say the other half that are following who believe in him are also bots uh, they're just going along as sheeple. So in the meantime, you could pretty well say everybody that's following Joe Biden is a bot, pretty much, or out of their minds, either one. But surely you can't be a right-minded or uh, whatever if you're following this crazy man at this point who's flying the plane right now, by the way, where the oxygen mass has dropped as we're trying to save our lives, you know. Uh, so former chief of staff to former governor, Andrew Cuomo, New York, Lindsay Boylan says this, and I quote, this man just wants attention. He may be the richest man of the world for a time amongst the most powerful, and he cannot stop seeking attention to have so much and feel so little. How depressing. 
Okay, Lindsay, we hear you. And this one, liberal political organizer Ben Spielberg says uh, about Musk's switch was done to stroke his own ego. Billionaires like at Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and at Mike Bloomberg. And of course, he couldn't put at Donald Trump in there because they throw him off Twitter naturally, right? So, and uh, that's what I just point out because they got at Mike Bloomberg and at Elon Musk. And pretty sad today when you can't even uh, tag the guy in there because you throw him off, idiots. Uh, uh, so billionaires like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and Mike Bloomberg feel comfortable flipping between major political parties because both parties serve their ultra-wealthy they know neither supports actual economic justice and thus switch whenever doing so can stroke their egos. Fascinating. It gives a lot to think about that quote, actually, from Ben Spielberg. If you think about what he says there, that's a whole show in itself there, frankly. The way he draws out the ultra wealthy in both parties there. I don't have time today to dive into that, but I do like the way he references this as far as being a, uh, a debatable uh, tweet there, uh, basically. Uh, that puts us at the point of Elon Musk is my big point to uh, get you to think about and end with here. Yeah, I mean, friends, you know, I mean, you, set, you see uh, Be uh, Bezos, Jeff Bezos, uh, the Amazon dude, another big wealthy guy who's also been one of the richest guys in the world. Uh, and he has had that monarchy for time to time as well. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll come on here at the air for you and I'll be able to say, you know, I'm the richest man in the world here. I don't know if that'll ever happen in this lifetime, but if it does, I'll be sure to tell you about it. There'll be a little braggadocio and say, you know, hey, I'm the richest man in the world. You know, I'm rich in other ways. May not be cash exactly, but I'm rich in many other ways. How's that? All right. You'll take that from me, I guess. In the meantime, you're seeing these Elon Musk's and the Jeff Bezos and many others come out. Well, sure. And they're coming out for their truth, for their out loud truth now, because my friends, they recognize that the plane is flying and there's 330 million people on the plane and America is about ready to crash. They recognize that the oxygen mask has indeed dropped from the top of the plane now. And they recognize that we have a decision to make. That's what they recognize. I, I, will, I will do one more than what the Spielberg tweet said, uh, that they, they recognize now that America is crashing. So do we put our mask on first and save us and get better policies in play to save our nation? Or do we crash the plane and all die? That's the decision we have right now. And I rest my case on that point there. Thank you, my fellow Americans and my friends around the globe for joining me here on The Voice of a Nation. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.